people of Earth, we have come to upgrade your cosmic consciousness. DNA activation ready in 3, 2, 1. Hi, welcome to Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership. I'm Craig Anderson. And I'm Lou Quinto. Lou, it's been a little over a year since employers started sending workers home for remote work when COVID really hit. And we've talked a lot over the past year of what the impact's been on workers. And early on, you know, we thought, oh, productivity is going to drop, but productivity didn't drop. No. People seem to be happy. People, we've talked here on prior episodes how people really want to keep staying home. Right. But there's been some interesting research that's come out just in the last few weeks that maybe is pointing to some contrary things. So today we're going to be talking about the state of workers in year two of COVID. Great. Can't wait. Especially since we actually did our very first remote podcast last year in January, before you could even spell COVID, we we did a remote worker podcast. And that's right. And it, it is one of our most popular downloaded podcasts because we talked about it before it even happened. We so let's be stock. So, that's right. So let's be a trendsetter right now and talk about the state of remote work during COVID in year two. In year two. And now I'm going to invest based on this advice. <laughs> Sell Zoom. <laughs> Sell Zoom. Sell Zoom. <laughs> All right. Uh, so what did you what did you find from the from these articles that you came across when it comes to the state of remote work in COVID times? So one of the one of the pieces that came out recently was a study of Goldman Sachs kind of early career people at Goldman Sachs saying that they are working 95 hours per week right now and getting about five hours sleep a night and are really seeing their mental health deteriorate. Okay. Now, apparently this, this, this article got a lot of headlines. Okay. But if we go back and we look at their sample sample size, the sample size was only 19 junior employees, which sounds to me that a group of Goldman Sachs junior employees were sitting around a bar one night, around 19 of them, and they just vent it. (laughs) Okay. Let's try to hit you with some of this science on a study by Microsoft. Okay. Uh, they did some additional research, and they found that the majority of workers globally feel they're struggling or just surviving, and a large percentage are considering leaving their employer this year. 46% of the respondents said they're planning to move to a new location, and 41% are thinking about losing their jobs. So that's probably 38 after you pull out those 19 guys. Or Not again. losing their jobs, leaving their jobs. Leaving right? their jobs. Right. But once okay. we pull out the 19 Goldman Sachs people, that's probably 38%, but still a big number. <laughs> 54% of workers said they're overworked. 39% said they're exhausted. But here's my favorite part. two favorite parts that came out of this research that Microsoft did. One, 61% of leaders said everybody's thriving. (laughs) 23% higher than the average worker. So leaders are fine. Apparently everybody else is struggling. Uh, And near and dear to your heart, Lou, time spent in Teams meetings has more than doubled over the last year. Meetings are 10 minutes longer on average and the average Teams user is sending 45% more chats a week with 42% after typical work hours, unless you're a Goldman Sachs employee. Yeah. So, Lou, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? Well, first of all, we have 
some employees from one company who are whining. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they may be working 95 hours a week. I, I I if they are shame on them. Okay, Uh, as we said before in episodes talking about remote work, you've got to set your schedule to get your work done. If it's eight to five, eight to nine, you know, if you want to do that, go from from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m., you need to set your hours. And obviously, these are again, I'm going to say in the Goldman Sachs Um, report. These were 19 junior associates. And like a law firm, I'm not familiar with Goldman Sachs, but like with a law firm, when you get the junior attorneys who are just coming in, you know, sometimes that's a position that a lot of firms, and I'm not saying that Goldman Sachs is like this, but sometimes that position is a churnum and burnum type of position where we see who can really step up and who can keep up with the workload and things like that. And so it's a testing zone for many areas. So if they're working longer hours than the non-junior or above junior level, I I could see some some credibility there. But again, it goes back to you, you need to set your own hours. You, that That's what's going on here. We, we appreciate the flexible workout work time. But with that flexible work time, you've got to carve out when are you working? So that this way, and it can vary. You can do four hours on, two hours off, another four hours on, depending on your schedule that you have at home, if you've got kids at home and things like that. But at the same time, you it's your responsibility. In addition to that, I think it's also the responsibility of the leader as well. The leader should be dictating that I we're going to have a policy on our team and our department that you do not have to respond to an email that you received after 8 p.m. in the evening. You can wait until 8 a.m. the next morning to respond to that because I think we've all just, as much as computers were supposed to make our life easier during COVID, it's made our life harder because we can't get away from our screens. And so we feel compelled to return that email immediately. And so leadership needs to step in to make sure that people don't feel like they're being overworked. Well, that's a, I have a whole long rant that we won't do right now. Oh, please, told, please. <laughs> computers are going to make, we're going to have to work like 30 hours a week with computers. And then we yeah. all got computers and we're working all the time now. We're working on vacation. What do you mean? all the, We're working definitely all the time. Well, so to, to your point, two things. Goldman Sachs did say no more working on Saturday. So <laughs> in only unless a specialist situation comes up. So that, By the way, that, that envelope, special. yeah, that envelope can be pushed very quickly. All right. But to your point, you just said leaders need to start setting these boundaries. But this, at least this Microsoft study says leaders think everything is going swimmingly well. So what do leaders need to do to get more connected to reality of where their workers are right now? Well, I think this is this is an important time right now for every leader to have a check in 
with each of their employees. And they need to start looking for signs of being overworked. And some of the signs include, are your people missing deadlines? Are they not attending meetings? Are they not participating in the meetings? Uh, Have they stopped offering input? These are all signs of burnout. And every leader, particularly if the the article that, that you talked about, which says, is that what 23% of all employee or 43, was it 43 or 23% of the employees are looking to leave their current job in in the next year that should scare the bejesus out of any employer and any manager, because when you, if you're going to have a significant turnover, that's going to crush all of those numbers that you're happy about right now. Okay. Next year or next quarter, or, you know, three quarters down the, down the road, your numbers may not be that great because you've burnt your people out. And so I think you need to look for some of those signs because as we've said a few times in previous podcasts, the one big I would say downfall of remote work is that feeling of isolation that I'm isolated. When I get off of my computer, my zoom meeting, whatever, I'm back to my house and I'm, I'm, we miss that social connection. And I think you said that in an early podcast when COVID first started is, you know, what are we going to do about this social connection that we all, you know, have a desire to have. And we do have that. And I think we've had interviews in previous podcasts of people telling us that they have gone above and beyond to try to make their employees feel not feel isolated and to encourage that social uh, atmosphere by having, you know, happy hours, movie nights and things along that line, you know, introduce your pet day, you know, like show and tell back in school. (laughs) Okay. But I I think though that, that encouraged that, that particular aspect of social that people want, but as far as feeling overworked, leaders got to look for signs. And so I think if anything, even though you may have just wrapped up your annual reviews, if you still have them, you know, two months ago, I think now it's important to have a review with each employee and just asking the question, how's it going? And then at that point, shut up and listen. Well, part of that too, is we need the employees to open up and it's both sides, right? The employer needs to be, you know, more empathetic um, and and model that as we've talked about the importance of that for leaders and the employees need to open up and, and raise their hand and say, hey, look, you know, like our 19 friends at Golden Tax. Hey, look, <laughs> 19 you know, I'm kind of hitting a wall here. And so we need to be honest about it because I would love to know, you know, of those 40 odd percent who said I'm thinking about leaving my job, right. many of them have let their boss know I am dying here. Right. Right. And so, you know, we have we've interviewed some great companies or some representatives, great companies that are doing a lot of things. Maybe we need to dig it up and find some people who are terrible. Boss. We'll just do like a whole bad bosses show. Lou. We'll like, yeah, wonder so what Jason Bateman is. Yeah. Suck it up. Yeah. Is Jason is Jason Bateman not not filming yeah. Ozark? We can get him to, to well, star in that. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I, I have no idea how we'll get them, but that'd be a great episode. Uh, so, yeah, so I think you're right, Lou. People, we need we need to be asking those questions and the employees need to be in a position where they feel safe enough to do it. 
And right. early on in COVID, you know, everyone was worried about all the jobs were just going to disappear. And we've seen that's not always the case in, sure. especially in the light collar industry. So people should try and find ways to communicate these things to their boss because, yeah, they are going to leave. And you know where that boss satisfaction, that boss thriving is going to disappear is when two or three direct reports leave and they have to take on that work in the earnings. Abs- absolutely. Drop like a rock, right? Absolutely. And yep. so how do we... So this also is an opportunity, right? So if I am one of the employers we've talked to that are doing really great things for our employees, what is the opportunity here to recruit? What, how, do you, how do we think leaders in companies should be trying to take advantage of, hey, there might be some great people for us to recruit? Well, well first of all, let me just say this. <laughs> if you've got 25% of your workforce leaving you because they feel overworked, <laughs> don't even start talking about recruiting yet. You no, got to talk about the other firms, the good guys, the good, the good guy firms. Yeah. Oh, how do they recruit? Yeah. They, they, they're they, they, it's going to be easy for them because all they have to do is let their people. We're not even going to interview you. We're going to have you come in and talk to all of our employees and tell you what they think, you know, of the current culture and environment that we have. But I, I think we, we need to go back before we start even talking about recruiting. It, it, leaders have an issue right now that there is a significant number of people that want to leave their current job. And that needs to be nipped in the bud right away because all you're going to do is perpetuate the, the, the problem is going to continue because you haven't got rid of the root cause. You may get rid of a few people because they decide to leave, but the cause is still going to be there. And you definitely don't want that to happen. So, it, so let's, let's talk a little bit about some solutions here. Okay. Sure. First of all, one of the things that you want to do is as a leader, again, you need to stipulate, I do not want you working more than X number hours a day, period, end of story. Okay. And the way you can do that is by saying you are not expected to respond to an email you get after 8 p.m. If you get something after 8 p.m., you have until eight in the morning to respond to that email. But even though you may be on the computer, you can send the computer or to the email if you're working at 12 o'clock, you can send an email, but don't expect that person who you sent the email to, to respond to that email until the next morning. So there's got to be some parameters set. The other thing too is, is you, you need to make sure that your communication, as you said, people aren't opening up about these things. They're experiencing these internally, but they're not opening up. You need to be that, I'm going to use the word, Craig, empathetic leader to be able to sit down with someone in a non-threatening environment and asking for frank conversation what's going on? How is it working? We're a year into this. Our numbers on the top level look great, but I need to know, how are you doing? Are you, do you feel you're being overworked? Do you feel that you know, you're putting in hours that you're not getting compensated for? Are projects dragging on because other people aren't carrying their, you need to ask those types of questions. And that goes back to communication that we, and we talked about the last year, communication is the number one thing that you need to have. And you need to perfect with every single one of your employees, because as we've all said, people don't leave a job, they leave a manager. And if they're feeling overworked, they're not feeling overworked because of the job, they're feeling overworked because the manager's letting them get overworked. And so the manager, you use the example, needs to turn that mirror in on themselves and say, what am I doing or better yet, what am I not doing that's making my employees feel overworked? 
Yeah, I agree, Lou. And and one thing when you talked about, you know, you don't have to say you don't have to respond to an email after eight o'clock at night or before whatever it was, eight in the morning. You know, the leader needs to to model that behavior, right? Right. As a leader, don't be jamming out. I don't care if you draft them. Don't be jamming out emails at 10 o'clock at night and telling people you don't have to respond. Right. Because people are going to respond to that email. So it's really important. You know, there's it's just amazing to me this disconnect that leaders say that are thriving while their employers are saying they're dying. Right. And there is clearly such a huge disconnect. Maybe these leaders are just amazing delegators or something. <laughs> you know, to have this amount of a disconnect, people are leaders are not doing the role part of their role. They're probably definitely, you know, focusing on the bottom line numbers. Right. But what are they doing to try and build a workplace environment that's sustainable for the long haul. We're a little bit all over the place right now about kind of where we're going to be on work from home versus work in the office over the next few months. Right. Some of the Silicon Valley firms who are like, oh yeah, no one will ever work in the office again are now starting to put plans together to get people back in. JP Morgan Chase is saying they're going to have their internship in New York this summer, right? So they're going to have people in person. So we're now starting to see where is this kind of crossover going to be. And and I do think even for employees, it's so much easier to go to work and come home, go to work and come home and have that break in their day, right? which just doesn't exist right now. And they're struggling with this because it's been a year. It's a long time to be kind of grinding and, you know, working where I live. Right. And, you know, it's, I think we're starting to see that it's really not a sustainable model. And this goes back to something I think I said a lot early on in these discussions is, as you noted earlier today in this episode, people want to be around other people. They kind of want to go to the office and they kind of want to get in and get out. So they know their day is over. And right. we've got to, if we're going to have people working from home, how do we start driving into that mentality? Michael Hyatt uh, talks about how he has a timer in his office that turns the lights off at Done. six o'clock. Yeah. The lights go off at six o'clock. So he knows, get out, get out of your right. home office and, and get, get back into the house. So yeah, just yeah. no, no, th- those are, th- those are some de- definitely some good points, uh, but responsibilities on both sides of the fence here. Manager right. needs to look at what they're doing, needs to consult with their people find out what problems exist. Because if we think that last March, we saw a lot of disruption in business when we went to 100% remote, I cannot imagine the confusion that's going to take place when companies do start opening up their offices. And then people are saying, well, am I here now, you know, for two days a week, three days a week? Who's, you know, is everybody going to be doing the same schedule? Are we going to have to? And I think companies need to start preparing for that transition because it will be change. And they need and they need to get things consistent using my word of the year as quickly as possible. And I don't know if a lot of companies are actually looking at that right now, the, the details of that right now. They're looking at we're going to open the office. But as we've read, there's as many studies out there that say employees are liking this remote work. And we even had Bonnie Hageman from EDA who said she did an executive trends report that they're putting together right now that says remote work's not going away. And it, it, we're, it it's here to, to live. So companies are going to have to start looking if they're not, if they're just looking at it, opening up on a date and not having the details in place, there's going to be a lot of confusion and you're going to see a drop in productivity. Just, just my opinion. No, and I, and I saw that a lot. You know, I had people in my organization that were living all over the country, salespeople and a couple operations people. And there is an out of sight, out of mind component 
when you don't have people in the office and you have right. to really try to keep those people in mind for assignments, for promotions, because you're right. just not seeing them every day. They're not doing the drop into your office. And that's going to be a struggle as we start to go back. So, so we talked about some of those things. And I don't want to leave this episode, Lou, without talking about those stats around meetings. <laughs> I was trying to avoid them. <laughs> no, because we need another meeting rant from Lou. Yes, so right. how, what do you, I'm trying to think as I look at these stats, what's causing it? If we're doubling the time spent in meetings, are we calling meetings because we think we need to stay on top of things? Or are we calling meetings just because we want to be around other people for a while? Hey, and I, is that I, I think it could be both. It, yeah. it could be both. And in fact, I think in one of our mailbag episodes, someone made someone wrote into us about six months ago and said at the beginning of COVID meetings started on time. They ended on time. They were very efficient. You know, we, we had everything under control. But they but six months ago, this viewer wrote in and said, but I noticed things are starting to get lax again, like we were back in the office when it came to meetings where people aren't showing up on time that they're going over. And so I think this is just. Just a, it, it's come to fruition that the behaviors that most people had with meetings in the office have now come to Zoom meetings or, you know, team meetings, whatever platform you're using. And I think we're becoming careless again on meeting management rules and guidelines. And so each manager also needs to, in their list of things to do when it comes to our employees overwork, needs to go back and needs to reinstill the guidelines and rules for meetings. When do we meet? When do we send a deadline? When do we, or not a deadline, when do we send an email? When do we use chat? And to define those communication venues and make sure that the meeting is going to be the highest priority and will become one of those venues that you will use when something definitely needs to be taken care of. You know, it, it's urgent. And that's when we're going to have meetings as opposed to just for the sake of having meetings, for the sake of having meetings. People want to socialize, set up a chat feature in your platform where people can go out there at any time. And they can just start chatting with people. Don't need to pull four people together just to chat about something minor. If you're going to have a meeting, it needs to be on, some, on an important topic. So that goes back to our meeting object, you know, meeting management of, uh, rules. What's our objective of this meeting? What do we need to accomplish? And then who needs to be in this meeting? And making sure that they're going in. Because we're going to find the same thing is going to happen. People are going to start tuning in late. They're going to start leaving early. No. Um, managers need to really reinforce those rules. Perfect. All right. Well, what are your key takeaways, Lou? My key takeaway <laughs> is that some people just need to, uh, have, what was, I think you used this term on me in a past episode, suck it up, buttercut. <laughs> <laughs> I am sure I never said anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, I, if employees are feeling overworked, my key takeaway is you need to go to your manager and tell them and not just tell them, I feel overworked, 
give them examples of how you're overworked, what hours you're, you're putting into it. Keep hours like an accountant or an attorney does so that you can show this is how long you've worked on these hours before going to your manager and saying, I'm, I'm being overworked. You got to have, got to have data got to have the facts. And if you can present the facts, maybe it's because you're being leaned on more than other people and the manager needs to do a better job of delegating to other people as well. And you also need to have the courage to tell, say no every now and then. I can't take this on. Very good. That's my key takeaway. All right. So my key takeaway is, is I'm going to quote Mike Friedman, who worked for me for years, one of my sales managers. And uh, if you can imagine this in a good New York accent, which I can't, Craig, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And Mike used to say that all the time. And, you know, if you're going to do a marathon, you can't burn all your energy out at once. You've got to pace yourself across the long haul. And for some of these activities we're talking about where people are getting burned out, we're not setting up the right expectations as leaders that we're in a marathon. If we make everything a sprint, everything is urgent, everything has got to be answered right away. We are going to wipe our people out and force 40 odd percent of them to think about looking for another job when markets open up. Sure. that's my key takeaway today is we need to be looking at our business for the long haul and treating our people like we want them around for long. Yeah. And I, I think the results from, from that Microsoft uh, article uh, that you shared with me, uh, that was 30,000 people that were surveyed. And somewhat more statistically significant than 19 junior employees at Goldman Sachs. Absolutely. We're going right. to have to tweet this at the Goldman Sachs account when we, when we put this one out there. <laughs> Uh, well, you use their you use their 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 name more than I did, so <laughs> they'll come after you. <laughs> anyway, well, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Q and A on Breakthrough Leadership as we talked about the state of remote work in year two of COVID. And as you can see, there's a lot of different things going on. Uh, and if you're experiencing some of the things that Craig and I talked about today. Please like, share, subscribe, leave a comment in the comment section so that we know, one, that you're out there, and two, let us know maybe if there's something specific in year two of COVID when it comes to remote work that you'd like us to pick up in a future episode. In addition, don't forget, all of our episodes are available on all of your major podcast platforms. So until next time, keep your hands washed, keep your distance. I'm Lou Quinto. And I'm Craig Anderson. 